0: Have you seen Rush Limbaugh's new cooking show?
1: Oh, yes. The Donner Party Invitational.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Actually, a thing. Here. uh, I want to make the economy open again. I want to go to my bars. Therefore, Donner Party was a good idea.
1: He was all like, you know, we need to tough it out. Um... The only time the daughter party talked about the cold was, "It's a particularly rough winter." That uh, therefore that means that you know they they didn't complain or anything. So we should all suck it up during the COVID pandemic. And also, uh, Woodrow Wilson completely failed to handle the pandemic, so we shouldn't either. Uh, we should just. "Quote unquote," adapt to it,
0: uh, and just you know, so that you know, we're not making this shit up.
2: um Here, COVID nineteen is a is too convenient an excuse for a generation of people to just punt. We don't do this. We are Americans. In the Spanish flu, 17, 18, 19, 19, 17, 18, much death. Do you know that there was not one mention of it by the president of the United States at the time, Woodrow Wilson? Never talked about it. There was no national policy to deal with it. There was no shutdown. There was just, hey, go outside, get some fresh air, stand in the sun as long as you can, get some vitamin D, feel better. It had numerous waves to it. It coincided with World War One, which is what Woodrow Wilson's concern was. Soldiers going off to war arguably spread one of the waves. But there was no woe is us. It was just the next in a long line of things that happened to people. That they dealt with. Like the Donner Party. You've heard of the Donner Party. Maybe some of you haven't. The Donner Party, the Donner family and a bunch of travelers trying to get to California over the Sierra Nevada mountain range. They made the mistake of trying to make the trip in the middle of winter. We're talking the Lake Tahoe region. They get to the peak, it was so bad that they had to turn to cannibalism to survive. That's what's noteworthy about the Donner Party. If you read the diaries written by the leaders of the Donner Party, the only reference to how cold it was was one sentence. It was a particularly tough winter. It's just what was. They didn't complain about it because there was nothing they could do. They had to adapt.
0: I mean, really. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh,
0: God. We wouldn't lie about something that serious. <laughs> I mean, I don't think we've actually ever lied, period, but, you know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, sure, we've, we've made some bad calls, but we've done our best to, you know, tell you the truth, um, as we knew it at the time, um.
0: You know, so, yeah. Yeah this The Donner
1: Party invitational. <sighs> That's look, you you have to die for this this old dude who was like
0: Dodged the draft for unspecified <laughs> medical reasons.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then castigated um Practically everyone else for doing the same thing. So? You know, even when there was principal or actual medical issues involved, it doesn't matter to him. Nothing matters to him. Yeah. I mean, if you listened to him since like the 90s when you were a kid stepped into a car seat, you'd know this.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, he just doesn't care
0: he he he's the man with the golden microphone he like anyone who's that ostentatious probably doesn't give a fuck about you Because, mm-hmm. you know he's now fantasizing about whether he's gonna have the light or the dark meat or maybe if tonight it's gonna be ribs mm-hmm. in minecraft
1: and <sighs> Minecraft. Welcome to Chop Shop Economics. I'm one of the hosts, Ms. Silver, and with me today is just...
0: Dark Spider.
1: Ah. St. Helen couldn't be with us today. Neither could death. Um, I I hope they're both doing well. Um, but they got stuff going on.
0: The show must go on. Yep. Especially with the absolute fuckery that's been this past week.
1: Yeah. So, Wells Fargo has slashed their dividend by 80%. Um, the top five banks estimate they're holding around $100 billion in bad loans. Care to get into that a
0: bit? Well, it's, you know, this is... Like, total white horse, COVID, devastation of business territory. Like <laughs> This is Wells Fargo eating shit in their mortgage division. This is Wells Fargo after shutting down refinancing. This is Wells Fargo after basically going, yeah, we can no longer do all this shit that we as a bank normally make money off of. Because Uh it's now putting us in the hawk for a lot of money we don't have anymore. So this is like, like, remember, the last time we talked about a dividend drop this big, we were talking about Occidental Petroleum, who has since completely eaten shit and died. Like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So
1: (laughs) I guess we're putting Wells Fargo on the fucked company
0: list. Yep, someone's gonna buy them up. They like, Mm -hmm. they're definitely in the Lehman pool now.
1: Yep, Uh, but they're not the only ones. To be fair, Uh, the other four are Bank of America, Citigroup, J.P. Morgan Chase, and U.S. Bancorp. Um,
0: Oh yay!
1: That's basically
0: like you know. (laughs) More than half of American finance, right there, easily.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, the virtual bank I use is run out of Bancorp. Oh no! <laughs>
0: yeah. So yeah, this is here we go. This well, this just fits with all this other. Like we we've been talking about this impending financial catastrophe. Um, the Atlantic vote finally caught up with us about a month ago. Um.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: this is like uh. what is it's going to start looking like is these businesses because they're not these banks in particular because they're not getting in the money from the old-fashioned brick-and-mortar stuff that they are now more responsible for because of all the mergers that happened after 2008.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like It means they are now looking at being completely wiped out.
1: Yeah. Like, right now, like, technically, they're not all in... uh, Like, this isn't going to immediately explode on them. They are taking measures. uh, Which is partly why their profits are collapsing, and they're not Paying dividends, they are increasing their reserves to cover these defaults. Remember, if you owe the bank like ten thousand dollars, you have a problem. If you owe the bank a hundred, uh, like ten million dollars, the bank has a problem. That's that's
0: how it works. <laughs> And with the, like, expected wave of evictions that's going to be coming in 10 days, more or less, that means you're going to be having a lot, like, you're going to be having a lot of people, like, a lot of property owners in particular, who owe money to all these banks in some way or another, are going to be effectively writing off income on that property whether or not they see it that way it doesn't matter because that's effectively what they'll be doing they'll be saying you know what fuck it i am giving up on this tenant who might be able to pay me at some point in exchange for no tenant
1: well i think that like the thing of it is is that like a landlord tends to they tend to indulge in this motivated reasoning that, you know, there, there are always other tenants. Like, I do not need to keep this particular one, even though they can probably pay me in the future. Uh, they're not paying me right now, so I need to get rid of them. Like, when you get to this point,
0: that's no longer in
1: play. That's a well, that's a generally bad assumption to make.
0: And on the flip side, there haven't been any mortgage holidays anywhere in the United States, which means not only is there like a certain incentive on the part of some landlords, even though it's a totally perverse one, to evict their tenants, businesses, residents, whatever. There is also the added pressure of they potentially are not going to be able to make money off of this period. Like I wouldn't be surprised if like some evictions are motivated less by I'm going, they're going to be coming are less going to be somebody expecting that they're going to get something out of it, and more that they're like, well, fuck it, I'm just going to liquidate the asset, and I need to get the people out now.
1: And yeah, it's just ah. Uh... Like the this entire thing is is based on this fucking game of musical chairs, of there always being enough tenants in the pipeline to allow landlords to just kick out anyone they don't need or like. And that's no longer the case anymore. Speaking of tenants that probably need to be <laughs> oh
0: Yeah, the governor of Okinawa, Japan has uh, recently been very loudly castigating the US military base on the island for, uh, as he claims, causing the latest outbreak of COVID on Okinawa. Yeah. Like...
1: 61 marines tested positive recently um, on an island that that had pretty much recovered at this point they pretty much recovered and then you know marine spring marines they um, they decided to party hard and well now they they got the plague again. They got the plague again. It's just, you know, one in a long line of insults against Okinawa that the U.S. military has been perpetuating.
0: But, but this is one that's happening as the U.S. Is, has been effectively rendered a pariah state by travel bans. Um, mm mm-hmm. And uh, the world is mostly looking on American power with, like, a mixture of pity and scorn. Yeah. And, I mean,
1: this isn't necessarily all that surprising, but it's like... ah. Uh, mm-hmm. Do we really have to spread our problems elsewhere?
0: It's the American way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bush called it exporting democracy.
1: Trump calls it
0: exporting COVID.
1: It's the same thing, isn't it? Oh, it's it's not.
0: You know. Wow. Infectious disease. Nevertheless. Spread by breathing versus smallpox blankets. You know. Potato, potato. Mm-hmm.
1: Indeed, indeed. And on the horizon, the red horse.
0: <sighs> Riding in Portland. In what, without a doubt, has officially escalated things in the United States beyond the point of where the election will be able to truly resolve any of what's been happening.
1: Yeah. So. Why don't you you get into it, (sighs) because...
0: Yeah, it's so... As, I'm, as we're sure that everyone's now aware, um, the uh, Trump has turned loose a bunch of feds from uh, the DHS, from the Border Patrol, um, from some other alphabet soup um, agencies that you've probably never heard of before in some new special joint interagency task force called PACT. Which is short for protecting American What was it? Protecting America's communities and Task Force. Yeah. So yeah.
1: With the force dropped,
0: obviously. Um I, I guess they didn't <sighs> want to like go for the trademark on Cobra after the whole shit with Netflix and Space Force.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Bar's little private army. Which may or may not He's have Blackwater mit- Mercs.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they call themselves Academy now, but you know the real heads from the Iraq War days. Y'all know them as Blackwater, some of the most evil fucks on earth. I mean, yeah,
0: Fallujah's there are merc
1: groups just as evil.
0: But let's
1: let's not kid ourselves
0: here like, the only ones that really kind of top these guys are, like, you know, the assholes that were started by ex-apartheid secret police. Yep. Like, that's the level of scumbaggery we're talking here. Um, or, I mean, it could also, like, potentially... Well, I
1: mean, Academy tried for it. It's just, you know, how, how can you really
0: surpass that level of evil?
1: Yeah. they're not for a lack of trying.
0: Not for a lack of trying. Oh, no, no. I mean, there, there's a very good reason the Geneva Conventions explicitly exempts mercenaries.
1: Yeah. So, okay. Um, a little background. Um, Portland has been seeing street actions for 50... Well, it would be 51 days now um, at time of recording. Um, we've been going pretty hard in the city. Um, if St. Helen were here, she could attest to this. Um, but, you know. Uh, and at first it was just the PPB, and then it was the PPB with National Guard units, then, uh, Brown pulled those units back. Um, Wait. No.
0: Well, aren't they still running COVID (sighs) shit, I think?
1: Yeah, I I think it was like, they they pulled some in briefly for like, um, for COVID stuff, but um, they sent state troopers um, for that. Because, um, Brown explicitly does not want to co-opt the National Guard. And she hasn't done that yet. Um, for this kind of thing.
0: Um. <sighs> so it's been... And the PPB, anyway. <laughs> it has to be said, is... Per capita, the most brutal police department in the United States.
1: Remember, this is the police department that had to apologize to a guy who... Um, Was basically a Nazi, and basically um, had his own little war criminal memorial shrine. Um, And the PPB was forced to apologize for firing him. And
0: for ever giving him any shit on this. Um, Which... (laughs) And there was that other, like, ass-hat lieutenant on the riot squad who was, like, directly tweeting, like, up-to-date, like, actionable intelligence to Joey Gibson and the Patriot Prayer, like, proud boy Mm -hmm. assholes. So, yeah, these guys are, like, pretty fucking scum.
1: Yeah. Lots of, um well, it's a direct fire use of, uh, riot control munitions, um, and this is actually not a new thing. They've been doing this during the Patri- Patriot Prayer pro- counter protests. Um, uh, one memorable incident ended up with a guy getting a in his skull, because, um, the round had punched through the helmet and broken his skull. Um, if he, if he hadn't been wearing that helmet, he'd be dead.
0: Yeah, and yeah. they yeah. these dur-
1: these are the fucking assholes we're dealing. Yeah,
0: like, during the protests, a a judge had to explicitly bar the PPB from using chemical weapons or from shooting journalists and, like, in the court order explicitly said things like a water bottle being thrown at you is not justification for using tear gas. Like...
1: Yes. And Wheeler has been having an extremely... Wheeler is, um, the mayor. Uh, Ted Wheeler, um, ex-Republican asshole, um, worthless piece of shit. Maybe he'll get voted out, maybe he won't. I don't know that it would fix anything, but he needs to be gone. Um, this Wheeler asshole came back, um, from, from seeing his dying mother, apparently, and he was just like, just completely unhinged because he wanted the riots suppressed. Um, and he was also really pissed at Brown for not, you know, immediately giving him National Guard uh, guardsmen to play with. Um, all she sent him were state troopers. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, these, uh, so it's like.
0: This is already a shit situation on the ground. Yeah. And it
1: should be, it should be noted here that, like, we were actually seems to be okay with the, um, with the feds doing this. Partly because the feds aren't subject to the TRO that's. Preventing the PPB from using riot control munitions and shooting at journalists and all their are fuckery. Um, So they're basically using the feds as um, the riot police who can actually do things.
0: (laughs) Except, of course, these feds who were, it should be noted, basically scraped together from a bunch of different alphabet soup agencies. And this isn't like we're talking, they called up J. Edgar Hoover asking for the COINTELPRO people to go in there and deal with those radicals or anything. This was like, they grabbed people from Border Patrol, they grabbed people from ICE, they grabbed like basically like the most chuddy elements of U.S. law enforcement to get this group together. So these are people who are used to doing shit like hassling you at the airport or running fucking concentration camps for babies or, you know, smashing tanks of water in the desert that are put out for migrants and shit. Like these guys are absolute black and tans. Like, like I do not doubt for a minute that if they thought they could get away with shooting people in the street, they would. But, you know, even with like the BorTac unit, allegedly being on deployment somewhere and drones on standby, We're not talking like, you know, ATF SWAT or FBI special units or anything. That's like, at least not so far based on what's been confirmed. This is mostly like, leg breakers from down at the border. Yeah. Um,
1: which is why they've got, you know, a CBP, um, which is actually a different agency. Um. They're the ones who handle the external border security stuff. Um, You know, those people who try to steal data off of your laptop when you fly international.
0: Those kinds of people. Um, One of the only law enforcement agencies with the power to search you without a warrant, by the way.
1: Yeah, yeah. And odds are, you live within their zone of control. I mean, I do. I do. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you live near, if you live near the border or the coasts, you are technically within their jurisdiction. Um, and if the Trump administration gets their way, um, they will actually have that jurisdiction outside of airports.
0: Uh, um, uh, um, as
1: this pact thing is starting to show.
0: And, and let's not forget, legally speaking. The power to detain people without cause, whenever the fuck you want, was thanks to the 2011 National Defense uh, NDAA, signed by Obama. Thank you. Uh Thank you. Let's remember this. um, That this is a power that was added on under the Obama administration Uh to the security state. So let's remember that part. And let's remember that Nancy Pelosi, the yas queen speaker of the house voted to extend the patriot act in 2019 so that these assholes have the power to like shove a cotton swab up your ass on command um mm-hmm. and gave expanded provisions for wiretapping without a warrant so you know let's remember yeah. the the part the resistance dems played in this one yeah A lot of them were complicit in this bullshit, stretching all the way back
1: to the Bush 2 era. Like, these people,
0: (laughs) they don't have your best interests in mind. Yeah, they will shout Uh, that Trump is pulling off a fascist coup one minute while they vote to give him the tools to do it the next. Yeah.
1: And so that kind of sets the scene. We've got this, you know, illegal um, street gang um, who call themselves Federals, basically. Um, And they are running around kidnapping people, um, shooting off riot control munitions, and basically just continuing the police riot that's been going on for nearly two months here. And as you can probably guess, uh, Portland is not taking t- this very well.
0: Yeah, <sighs> <sighs> Want to get into that a bit? Oh yeah, it's been, this, there were only one of two ways this was going to go down. Because this is, like, it has to be emphasized, like, when we're saying kidnapping people, we are not exaggerating. There is, like, footage from journalists and, like, testimony from people that, like, was reported on in the Washington Post, surprisingly enough, um, in detail. Um and they didn't shy away from going, yeah, this is secret police shit, because that's what this is. They are driving they're tooling around in rented vans that are not marked as law enforcement vehicles. They're jumping out wearing in camo and masks and no badges or insignia and they're just grabbing people and pulling them into vans. Uh-huh. Um and as As far as we know, based on trusted sources, um, there hasn't been anyone, like, actually detained yet. Well, not
1: indefinitely detained. Yeah, like,
0: it's been, like, released after, like, an hour or two or something like that. Um, Yeah. So far.
1: And... I should probably point out at this point that how to put this um, it is actually not that hard to impersonate these people. Um, like even you know the the police badging and stuff is stuff you can get on Amazon and you know a if you're a random schmuck, you are not going to know the difference between some asshole's cos- uh, cosplay airsoft uniform and the real deal. Um, and that means... And there have been rumblings of the far right considering using this tactic, or possibly already have used this tactic, to basically... Kill people.
0: Yeah, this I is. Either... <laughs> that you could say this is kind of a sort of night rider fascism of a sort that, like, the American far right doesn't have the capacity or the organization. Like we've seen at this point, since like George Floyd's execution, that they do not have the capacity to be much more than a disorganized auxiliary for the police. So. We're not going to be seeing them coming in doing brown shirt, like organized columns of leg breakers, smashing up demonstrations kinds of things. Instead, we're probably going to see something a lot more. Well, what we're seeing really is already from what we've seen of right wing violence is a lot more like, you know, the Ku Klux Klan during Reconstruction. Uh, of Shit like terrorizing isolated individuals or like, you know, people like living out on the land and shit like that.
1: Yeah, basically people, and also people pretending to be legitimate authority figures. You know, legit, legitimate in that they were hired in, basically. Yeah.
0: Um, when they were operating with the implicit support of law enforcement.
1: Yeah. So, obviously that is a very disturbing development, And if only, uh, if anything, it's only seemed to piss off Portland even more. Um, As well, it should. Um, The protests grew.
0: Um, Someone started a fire in the police union hall.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And
0: mom block. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. That was Awesome. It's like, congratulations, Donald Trump. You have radicalized the wine moms. <laughs> <sighs>
1: and, you know, we got the, the hockey stick guy punching back, tear gas canisters. Um, all sorts of stuff going on. It was it was pretty awesome. Um and You know, we'll keep going. Um, We'll keep going. Salute to our Antifa super soldiers. But meanwhile, on the horizon, the Black Horse.
0: As supply chains just like this is one that's just like 2020 is just not going to give anyone a break um there recently has been um like unexpected amounts of rainfall in china along the yangtze river basin and this has flooded wuhan province um now this is because of the joys of neoliberal globalization Wuhan happens to also be a significant source of parts and assembly of American-bound PPE and medical gear. (sighs) So we're getting disruptions Uh... in production of PPE because some master of breaking anything decided at some point that there was absolutely nothing wrong with, like, Relocating a vital industry for people's, you know, not dyingness 6,000 miles away. Yeah. In one place. And
1: basically, what's happened is the Free Gorges Dam isn't doing too hot, but the Yangtze River Basin and all that is just getting over. It's just getting overrun with rain. Um like it happens, but at the same time, like it's not good. It's really not good. It's like this is a fifty year flood friending um Wuhan province's largest fucking city. Um, among Everything else downstream of the dam—it's just, uh, and obviously that's threatening the supply chains that run in and out of Wuhan. Um. So yeah,
0: <laughs> that's globalization.
1: Globalization,
0: which is why DHL just published a paper um uh-huh. specifically arguing for supply chain diversification and like uh using terms like onshoring and relocating like uh logistic capacity manufacturing everything else back to like these core market areas um and like, these are, like, people who are big in, like, international air freight and supply. Like, DHL's one of the big ones globally. So they're sitting going, yeah, we have to, like, completely rejigger this because this will not work after COVID. This has been proven not to work during COVID. So Yeah,
1: and part of it is, like, they want to make a front assessment to their actual core business. Because basically if um, there's less of an emphasis on the air freight and, uh, and such that DHL specializes in, they're in trouble. And so far it's held because, if anything, demand has only grown for certain offshore products, but... Right now, um, right now they're finding that maybe this whole globalization thing was a mistake that there is something to be said in having redundancy and um, dual sources and local sourcing for everything you build that's. You know, critical infrastructure, critical product infrastructure. I should say, you know, things like say PPE.
0: <laughs> yeah, and this is and this is something that we've reported on before, and this has been like coming up like over the last couple months that you're seeing specifically logistics companies are completely reassessing how they do business, and it's and what they're most have mostly been concluding from what we've seen so far is they are not going to be going back to the amazon one day delivery from china model it's not going to be a thing anymore like yeah this like we keep saying like normal's not going to be coming back like there's a very big way that like the way Like just in time, immediate convenience, all that, that everything worked on before COVID is not going to be coming back because it has been rendered completely untenable. Yeah.
1: And part of it is um, what they're thinking at this point is that some of this won't be accomplishable during the current crisis. Um, but that, you know, once, once we have a vaccine for this COVID shit, that we're going to have to restructure our supply chains so that something like this can never happen again. And that means that obviously, um, if you're in the air cargo business, you need to, um, you need to rethink your entire strategy. It doesn't mean it'll be going away. It means they'll have to rethink
0: everything. Yeah. A lot more Um, short haul and a lot more focus on things that are like actually urgent, you know, time sensitive shipments.
1: Yeah. And. uh, But meanwhile, there is one service, one supply chain that's working just fine we're talking oh, about wow. smuggling
0: <laughs> <laughs> everything from slipping cocaine in with PPE to many other things that are very unmentionable um smugglers have adapted and as far as like you know relevant sources can tell because you know it's not exactly like there's a smugglers daily um business paper out there um Mm -hmm. have mostly continued on without, like, you know, skipping a beat.
1: Yeah. Some of them have switched routes, like... wildlife trafficking. They've switched mostly to rail and maritime routes, where they preferred air or road transit. Um... But obviously they are going to continue their activities because if anything, this makes it easier to smuggle product because the PPE must flow. Yeah. The medicine must flow. Um, essential goods must flow. And if someone pays you to um, let them drop a few bricks into that shipment, I mean, I'm probably not going to say no. Let's, let's not kid
0: ourselves here. Uh, and, you know, it's also quite possible, as, you know, actually happened, like, a few months ago, that they're not just, you know, smuggling the usual shit, but they might also be smuggling, like, actual PPE. <laughs> and oh, medical yeah. supplies, too. <laughs> like, came up, like, happened in the fucking New England Journal of Medicine a few months ago, where a hospital had to smuggle PPE. Past the feds, or the,
1: or how Egypt ended up having to cut up used PPE to make sure that American um, syndicates didn't send back the used PPE into the American PPE supply chain.
0: Uh, or that time the owner of the New England Patriots literally pulled Jar Jar Banks and used his private plane to smuggle PPE into Massachusetts. Yeah, or
1: Kaiser Newsom um, smuggling, <laughs> <laughs> oh, smuggling it in using undisclosed
0: ports along the coast.
1: <laughs> oh my so God. you know
0: we're not. We're not told. We're not endorsing the totally cool crime of smuggling, but you know, yeah, just putting it out there. And ah,
1: it's it's amazing. Now they are kind of worried that the um, reshoring and nearshoring movements we've talked about are going to make this model less functional because if you're not shipping stuff from China just to, um, you know, just to like get one particular component, um, then there's less, there's less chance that like, you know, they can slip in a few bricks of fentanyl into your uh, electronics order. (laughs) Like that's that's made a lot more difficult if um if alternatives are found.
0: Capital A
1: alternatives.
0: Well, you know, when Joe Biden unveiled his buy American economic policy, he didn't he didn't not say to also buy from American smugglers, so Yeah. Yeah. Support your proud American dealer. <laughs> buy your American fentanyl. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. From Pfizer. Yeah. And Remember, buy your crank from
1: the bathtub, not from overseas.
0: Do the American thing. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of overseas, we can hear the rattle of the pale horseman.
1: The Saudi king has been officially admitted to the hospital. Or rather they've admitted that they admitted him to the hospital. I'm not actually sure how this is supposed to
2: work.
0: Well, i My personal theory is they've, like, stopped running out of, like, the blood of virgins to recycle through his circulatory system. Um, so now they have to, like, try the shit that's in the hospital. Because, you know, they can't do the really weird ghost shit that hides behind closed doors away from, like, the pores.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, obviously, like, honestly, I don't even, like, there were all sorts of rumors about, is this guy even fucking alive at this point? Like, I don't know, it could be still news, it
0: could be. Like, there were, I mean, there have been, like, allegations of a faint formaldehyde smell wafting through the royal palace, so, you know. Uh-huh. That this uh-huh. could be them finally saying, you know, we can't keep this corpse from rotting any further.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Now, either way, this means the Saudi royal family's off to the races now. For who's going to officially be the one to take over.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: Like, the insider favorite is, like, Mr. Bonesaw. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, since he is officially the crown prince, but, you know, and he has, like, detained a number of high-ranking nobles, so... He may have managed to, like, you know, smooth the transition a bit. But, you know, now that we're admitting that the king may soon be dead, anything could happen at this point. Like, I mean, we gotta remember, there was, like, one Saudi king who was literally, like, assassinated in 1975 by way of one of his, like, first cousins walking in while he was at prayer in a mosque and shooting him in the back of the head. So... You know, there could be a dark horse we've never heard of who comes out on top.
1: Indeed. Indeed. And there's also the IMF report on the U.S. I hesitate to call it the response to COVID because did we really respond to COVID?
0: I mean, we, we tried. I mean,
1: Sort of. There was an attempt. There was an attempt. I mean. Kn- but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, Trump tried for about five minutes and then he got bored and wandered away. Uh
1: huh.
0: Uh huh. Um. And, yeah, the, this report is really fucking wild. Like, this <laughs> is the kind of, like,. This is the IMF who have been the leg breakers of globalization, um, and have put down an entire countries' economies for looking a little too pink, and then saddled them with austerity laden bullshit that's prevented anything other than like going along with the neoliberal world order. Um, yeah, they are. For the first time in their history talking about the United States in the same terms that they would use to describe Venezuela. A number of countries they fucked up. Ah, like this is Fuck. this is the sound of the vultures are circling.
1: Yes. This is basically that UN report on Alabama, but worse.
0: And this is, like, again, any of this shit about things are going to go back to normal is, like, no, not going to happen. Not after this. This is, like, the way the IMF even talks about the COVID response is so, like, it has almost, like, the vibe of a teacher going, but at least your kid got that gold star today. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, pretty
0: much. It um, It's like maybe someday they'll be a grown-up country. Yeah. <laughs> it's really like, this is, there's going to be investors outside the U.S. who are going to look at this and say, well, we are going to get ready to fucking eat fat at the trough because if you know history repeats then that means a lot of assets well what's left is going to get stripped down and hawked if the imf has anything to say about it or at least as they usually do like they've actually been pushing for debt forgiveness and stuff lately which is a strange turn for them yeah um
1: and
0: but it really just it it When the IMF, who usually defers to the United States to a degree that is almost, like, unbelievable throughout its entire history, is talking about the United States, like, meat on the platter.
1: Yeah. And it's like, I sort of get the feeling that they've realized that nothing in their policy list is actually going to be implemented because there is there's no political will left for anything anymore. Anything. No
0: policy is allowed to pass. Because it's all Trump is cannot be allowed to look like the democrats got what they wanted and when you look at the imf's recommendations they're basically like almost blow for blow what bernie sanders has been saying since this crisis started like that's it needs to be emphasized like the imf is being uncharacteristically like not shitty in their diagnosis and is not doing the usual prescription of reducing like, public sector involvement in the economy and deregulation and the other shit that they usually say. Like, they're saying things like, pay people a fixed amount per month, suspend rent and mortgages, and just all this other shit that it has been done in like, most of Europe, by the way.
1: Yeah. Like, they're <sighs> among other things, they're asking for Increased transit, uh, transfer payments to the states, um, different labor market policies like, um, making, um, certain changes that were made during the pandemic, like, um, independent contractors and such being able to get unemployment. Um, they want to make that permanent. Um, like it's a mix of, bernie sanders stuff and the usual um centrist prescriptions um there is some tax credit stuff and things like that of course um, of course
0: i mean ah, <laughs> uh, I-, I would have been they like, are still neoliberals but they're I- like i would have been like checking the color of the sky if the imf was not talking about like finding a way to shift tax power towards the business class
1: Yeah. Well, and it's, like, their thing is that, like, the American safety net is too dysfunctional to um, allow for continued American resilience. And, I mean, yeah, if you've lived in this country for the past 20 years, like, no shit, Sherlock, but... (laughs)
0: <laughs> never mind that you know the U.S. was the poster child for IMF policy making since yeah. ever. So you know,
1: and of course you know they want their wish list
0: of neoliberal tax bullshit. Um, but st- like, but keep even st- all that said, the IMF is basically saying you need to give poor people money and not charge rent or your economy is going to continue to eat shit. And there's this just... And again, they know this is not going to be implemented. There's this really resigned tone in the, in the report that's just this kind of like, well, this would be great if it could happen.
1: Yeah. Like, some of it is like, well, we basically need to pass the... Um, like, you know, change CPI stuff and, um, all the, uh, the usual, like, centrist neolib, um, wonder package. Like, the IMF really wants us to pass that stuff. Um, but they kind of realize that that's not going to happen. I mean, it's not. Yeah.
0: Not
1: enough time to matter.
0: Like they say, they in their own report specifically say that you've got the Democrats who are basically pitching eighty percent of their program, and the Republicans who are refusing to cooperate. And there has been absolutely no sign of any movement on yeah anything resembling another COVID relief package on Capitol Hill.
1: Yeah, I mean it's like it. There's very much a uh, well. I mean, the underlying fundamentals are still stable. Like, that stuff isn't broken yet. You could use all this to to fix your fucking economy. Um, but what's left unsaid is that, no, that's never gonna happen. Because, you know, beige det- uh dictatorship. Like, that's, that's how these work. Yeah. Um, and this is. Nobody gets to decide anything anymore.
0: It, uh, even though it would be, like, unbelievably stupid to go on autopilot with this at this point. This is, like. Like, that, that $600 a month extra that everyone's been getting, the Bernie Bucks, those go uh-huh. away in a week. Those a week are, and a half, yeah. but. They're going to be gone. That's you know, stop and think about that. That's a six hundred dollar hole that's not coming in your budget if you've been on unemployment at any point during this. Twenty four hundred a month, roughly. Yeah. You're this is
1: This, this is, is gonna... basically the only thing keeping the economy alive at this point. It would be a no, it would be a twitching corpse two months ago.
0: Yeah and and on top of this you've already got shit like i mean we talked about before in Texas of that they're doing fucking zoom eviction hearings and if you can't connect you lose um and yeah like ohio opened up a huge convention center for processing evictions um and like the wisconsin supreme court's allowed like that to go ahead it's like so we're seeing that the legal mechanisms for forcing people out of their homes are coming back online in multiple places just as people's means to avoid eviction is being taken away from them
1: yeah yeah and it's like these people have this idea that you know Everything is fine. Everything is fine. We don't need to do anything more. The economy is strong. It's
0: (sighs) uh, It's, they. There's an their own people are saying an estimated twenty-eight million Americans are going to be homeless by September. Ten, nearly ten
1: percent of the country in five weeks.
0: Yes. That is, that is. You looked at the Great Depression and said, "Nah, man, I'm gonna fucking do a kilo of coke and top that shit."
1: Yeah, yeah. Like the homelessness peak in uh, in the Great Depression that took years.
0: Yeah, the Hoovervilles we're, we're, took. We're not months running. and years. <laughs> they didn't take. Oh shit.
1: Trump isn't speed running Nixon. He's speed running Hoover. He, he's speed running everything. <laughs> okay, he isn't just um, speed running Hoover, <laughs> and he isn't
0: just speed running Nixon. <laughs> he's also doing a little Andrew Johnson in there. Oh yeah, <sighs> survived. Do you think Andrew racist? just? Crack. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> dudes named Andrew should be banned from the presidency. <laughs> if we've got to have it, <laughs> if we've got to keep this this fucking failure of a country, um, then we got to ban anyone who calls themselves Andrew from power because the last two times. <sighs> The last two times were
0: horrific. It, it's like why there's never been a King John II of England. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Same thing. Yeah. And but it's just... <laughs> yeah, this is, there's no, this is, this is it. Like... Yeah.
1: <sighs> well, and at, at McC- this,
0: like between like the disappearances or the attempted disappearings in Portland, and the determination to let the poor suffer horribly, like shit's getting kind of locked in, and the number of options are sort of dwindling.
1: Yeah, I mean. Trump fills. I can already see them.
0: In a pandemic. Trump could be pretty. Yeah. Trump fills in a pandemic. Like, either that or the largest, like, squat in history. You know.
1: Yeah. Which... Quite possibly both. Um... Not all areas can support one or the other. Sometimes there generally is no housing to go around.
0: And, you know, (sighs) there is. and this is kind of a... And if we are talking, like, a mass squat and eviction strike wave, like, eviction, (sighs) like, defense wave kicks up in August, like, it probably isn't going to be... At least initially something that's like, I mean, there's probably gonna be local places where things are being deliberately organized, like places that had like pretty robust eviction defense back during 2008. Um, But there weren't that Uh many, like, so this is probably going to be much more of just people just saying, no, I just refuse to leave my home. I've got no other option. And there being way more evictions than the fucking sheriff's department and the courts could ever hope to process in a reasonable time frame. Like, there's, there's probably gonna be a significant amount of just squatting by de facto because the legal backlog.
1: Yeah. And uh, of sheriffs being chased off. Because, I mean, it's like, if you're gonna evict half the building, then you know, you might as well throw the guys downstairs and set them on fire like they did back in the old days.
0: Yeah, or shit like when they would like show up at like foreclosed farm auctions during like, the 30s and like local farmers would all show up with their guns at the auctions and strongly encourage that everybody accept the sweet little girl's bid for one cent in the front row. Uh huh. Uh huh. Like, this is the sheer scale of what, like, like it really. Yeah. The only real like explanation is one for why people in power are being this goddamn stupid and brainwormed about this is like it's got to be a combination of stupidity and like I don't know paint. Uh huh
1: yeah and we've already kind of slid into hell follows territory here but ah, it is hell for the capitalists
0: Today we had the Strike for Black Lives, um, organized by the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, the SEIU, and the American Federation of Teachers. Worth mentioning again, two out of those three are not known for being as militant. Like, the SEIU oh, yeah. in particular is kind of known for being, like, a little bit of a toady to the boss. Um, in some yeah. situations. Um, so that they were involved in a union-wide strike is pretty eyebrow-raising. What's like more like it, like Im- incredible, is that the chatter that seems to be coming out about how people are talking about this strike, like at the rally in San Francisco, for example, you had SEIU people like standing up on stage directly connecting race and class and not so quietly waving the red flag of class war
1: hell yeah I mean after all this is a class war we just they've been the only ones fighting back yeah so we need to we need to start fighting and we are (laughs) and we are it's great it's fucking great yeah
0: And that kind of, that brings us to, like, a one that, like, has been bouncing around a bit, especially around Portland, and because of threats by the DHS to escalate their deployment of Snatchers to other cities, including, like, they've explicitly now, as of today, named uh, Chicago, Baltimore, New York City, and Oakland, California as other places that could see... Uh, packed units. Minneapolis, deployed. too. Oh, yeah, in Minneapolis, yeah. So... And... There, there is a lot of, you know, just generalized speculation and chatter, at least that I've seen, that people are wondering, is this the Reichstag fire moment? Is this the day of the jackboot? That's...
1: A lot of that stuff is very hard to determine... Without the benefit of hindsight. I'll say that first. Um. My thinking. Is. No. Not right now. But we are. We're at the point. Where. Um. We're basically locked in. Um. We're basically locked into um, the coming Civil War.
0: Yeah.
1: That is is my opinion. I don't I don't know that the historically recognized cause of it is now, or if it's going to be a later event, or if that event has already happened. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know, but I do think that at this point, it's like we've got this unresolvable contradiction here and it's, it's gonna come to a head and it's like this, this process stops for no one. Not you, not me, and not for Trump.
0: Um, Crossing the line into sending black baggers out um, has, to me, it's basically confirmed all of my suspicions that he absolutely will not recognize any outcome of the coming election that is not one that validates a second term for him like he has yeah. made this abundantly clear and the people who are directly around him are seem to all be on for the ride like like something that would probably like if you're looking for tea leaves or omens to watch out for um trump shit canning pence would be a pretty significant one um Because that would add, like, if he does that, then he most definitely isn't going to play nice, I don't think. But it would also mean the Republican coalition that's holding him up is going to be in trouble. Um, Yeah. So, you know, at that point, he, like, if he does something like that, then he may actually be forced out quietly. Um, Because there just won't be enough of the Republican power block left that wants to keep him in there. But... If he holds that alliance together with the religious right, then I think he will try to make a fight of it. And not because he is, like, courageous in any way. Like, we have consistently, like, reaffirmed this guy is a coward. He has always flinched from confrontation on the international stage. And from many confrontations domestically. So it's more likely that the thing motivating him, and I think what's at the back of his head at this point, is... The fact that Biden has promised to investigate him. The fact that the New York uh, prosecutors are still going after him. And that he now knows that when he leaves office, there will be a limited amount of time between when that happens and when he's going to probably be in a jail cell for something or another. Um,
1: And quite frankly... I don't even think his status as a president would protect him. He has too many enemies if things get to that point. Um, And frankly, no one is going to miss him in that
0: case. Yeah. So it's so at this point he has a vested interest in staying in power and there's a number of prominent Republicans who have completely tied themselves up with him or they've done various really hanky shit, like fuck around with elections um, Uh along the way that has them effectively complicit. So you'd be looking at something that's not so much like an active conspiracy by fascists in the sense of like what you had with like say Adolf Hitler um, where they're act where the fascist part anyway was actively saying, We're here to take power, it's more like you kind of have this like reactive conspiracy of co-conspirator of like you know, co-conspirators, of people who have done various hanky illegal things to protect each other, and they've done so in a way uh-huh. that's not going to be ignored by the new government. Or probably won't be.
1: Yeah. And it's like
0: People wondered why
1: Obama didn't, you know, immediately go after Bush. And part of me is like, because part of me is like, well, because Obama didn't really disagree that much with Bush. He just wanted it to be a little gentler, saying quieter. Yeah. Bush would, uh, Bush and his cronies were saying the quiet parts a little too loudly.
0: And, and there may have also and been... And that had to be stopped. And there may have also been an element of pragmatism in Obama's reliance on special forces and drones in looking at like American forces status after eight years in Iraqistan, going, yeah, we need to like tone it down a bit, if we're going to be able to yeah. fight anything.
1: And... In this case, it's like the people who would be driving a a Biden coalition are in it to get rid of Trump because they see Trump as their obstacle to power, to wealth, to everything that's important to them. And they're not going to let a used tenement salesman stand in the way of that. Not anymore. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, they'll throw him to the wolves. It's not like, it's not like Bush because Bush could present himself as, well, I was just the front man for my cabinet, um, which he did. Trump. Times. <laughs> yeah like and uh, that may be true, but that just that just means that okay, yeah, we we also send you to the
0: exile island, <laughs> yeah so instead we've got like that the Trump people know they're fucked if they lose power, and uh-huh. that basically has put them at before they sent in black bagging squads they were already in a very precarious position the fact that they have now escalated to something that is like blatantly unconstitutional is like literally the thing that the fucking militia movement claims they're stockpiling weapons to prevent is happening um and they're doing there has been um and
1: i mean there has been chatter about that so Uh, more than a few of them are not happy about that. But when that particular contradiction will resolve itself, I'm not holding my fucking breath on that
0: one. Yeah. But the point is, is that he was already in a position of he personally and his inner circle were probably going to be in trouble. Now you've got large chunks of the Republican Party apparatus and like Republican state governors who are going along with his fuckery with things like COVID. And he's gone to something that's blatantly unconstitutional is like something that even like the centrists can't really smooth over like they did with some of the really, really hanky black bag shit that Bush did um yeah quietly um it's something that cannot be excused and people in portland are reacting to it very poorly like quite appropriately um yeah that like the only chatter i've seen is mostly like what the actual fuck um (laughs) like there's no pulling out yet but i'm fairly sure that this is going to like not gonna be a good look um, you've got, and on top of that, you have s- state officials with fairly significant amounts of power who are directly confronting federal power on this. Like the governor of Oregon and both senators have explicitly said these feds are not wanted. Um, and the Oregon attorney general is looking at a criminal investigation into federal officials, which I'm not sure any state has ever actually done that before. Um,
1: Not on this scale, now.
0: Not like this. Um, And when, like, Trump threatened to send PACT after Oakland, like, both the mayor of Oakland, who normally is a bit of a, like, a shit risk gentrifier, let's be honest, was like, yeah, you guys are gonna make things worse, please leave. And, like, Gavin Newsom in his daily briefing today was asked about it, and he was like, yeah, that's not gonna happen. They are not wanted or needed. Get out. So... Like, you're getting an escalation of this earlier, like, state and federal tension. You're getting, like, significant elements of the elite power structure are bailing on Trump. So, I mean, those are things that, to get back to, like, is this a Reichstag fire moment? I mean, it's hard to tell, but I think the balance of probability is leaning towards no. Because even though Trump may be going for it and probably will pull hanky business on election day... Who knows what that will be. The uh-huh. military has already told him to get bent. Fox has actually started live fact-checking him on air. Um, which probably means that Murdoch the Younger is remembering that he would like to actually do something other than be his dad's patsy. Um, the... <laughs> like Significant business leaders are... Well, no, blah blah blah, cut that like you're seeing this like breaking of the ranks within the political class and the capitalist class around how trump has been handling this how he's responded like they basically are going you know what this guy's not going to be the one we need to clean up those dirty lefties the way that the industrialists and the military and the aristocracy and the police solidly lined up behind the hitler coalition and adolf hitler when he was put in as the uh, uh, new chancellor.
1: Yeah. I mean, this feels much more uh, this feel like I said, I feel this this is more likely to result in civil war. In my opinion. Um, Should things be pushed to the breaking point, like we're the public is not going to sit by and let Trump do his thing. And it's not because of the exemplary character of the American citizen. Let's let's dispense with that mythology right now. But they've been primed by the media that Trump is fundamentally illegitimate. Um... After, like, six months of trying to make this guy seem presidential, they're like, they basically gave up on that, and now they portray him as completely illegitimate, and even I mean, before then, the mandate they were like, heaven this kind has of been withdrawn. Yeah, yeah, it's like, the uh, yeah, the Mandate of Heaven has been withdrawn from him this is this is the calamity that results and so it, it it's like there's no uh, there isn't enough interest in like law and order the protests between uh such and such need to be stamped out right now because you know we're sick of the KPD and the Freikorps clashing in the streets. It's the pigs are rioting and people don't like it. On top. And that's, that's not a formula for a smooth, uncontested takeover um, by the fascist faction. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, as, but it's not. Especially when there's not enough
0: there. Especially when the fascist faction actively took steps that created the current public health and economic crisis. Um, This isn't like they're sweeping in to the German uh, Social Democratic Party being stuck with the shit show that was the Great Depression and a whole lot of other problems and being able to say well we'll offer something better. This is no, this is what Trump has to offer. His, like we have consistently seen like the size of the Republican Party shrinking throughout the entirety of his term. Um, even though his grip over the party has not wavered, like, at all. Um, Which shows his political coalition is falling apart. Like, this is not a base that you can use for dropping the jackboot on people, especially when you're cool for fucking packed personnel. If we're going to be generous and include all federal law enforcement, including fucking Smokey the Bear they have 120,000 potential recruits for suppressing a movement that has estimated to have 20 million people out in the street.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just... (sighs) I'm sorry, but the Federals are just not going to be able to overcome that sentiment. And I'm sure they would... uh... I'm sure they'd love to try. I'm sure they'd love to, you know, just sweep us all into camps and do the thing. But it's like, that's one thing. If your political enemies are relatively isolated and the public is, you know, they just want to move on from, you know, the Weimar era and just be done with it. Like that's,
0: that's not the case here. Wait, he's caused this disorder. He has actively inflamed tensions in the street. So, uh, he is the disorder. Yeah. Even as far as the shitlibs are concerned, he is the disorder. Yeah. The, this he is the one waiting to be swept out because he is the catastrophe. So it's really hard to then, like, I mean, he even retweeted his old slogan, "Make America Great Again." It's like motherfucker what america are we talking about here
1: yeah let's just run this shit into the ground oh no
0: let's make it great again it's like so you're conceding you fucked up um it's yeah there is not the unity around keeping him in there does not appear to be an elite consensus that says trumpism works and these guys are also not competent or ruthless enough to pull it through anyway like if like to, re- to like to go back to like the, you know the great moron theory for a minute here, as well as the I think valid argument that's been made that these guys are stupid fascists. Um, uh-huh. If Trump and Barr and all those people were really on the ball about breaking Black Lives Matter, like what J. Edgar Hoover did with the Black Panthers or something like that, then Lafayette Square, like the Lafayette like square. Fiasco, where he like pulled out like the fucking riot cops so he could go to church. Um, that would have been the beginning of an immediate wave of like black baggings and disappearances, and coordinating with like local police agencies to make people like suicide themselves or something. Like if we're talking people that were on the caliber of Jagger Hoover, that kind of overt display of force would have been followed through with just a brutal campaign. Of the likes of which that would have been, like, unprecedented American history, but would have, like, Hoover would have pulled shit like that. He did with the Panthers, so... Or, like, what the SA and the SS did in Weimar Germany as soon as the Enabling Act was in. Like, as soon as that shit was in, they moved. Like, they didn't wait to... And put themselves in a position where local opposition could... Establish itself where local Officials could and regional officials Could turn around and go no actually get fucked
1: Yeah And it's like That just that kind of uh, That caliber of response just isn't Here Like I can believe that you know Barr wants to use his new private Army um, to do A fascism like yeah Obviously but he's not the one in charge and i I I don't know that he
0: has like well like if we're going to assume because again like the chain of command for pact is really fucking weird and murky if we're going to assume that day-to-day operations is being handled by that fucker chad wolf i can't Uh believe that's you know what we're dealing with here but yeah the head of the fucking black baggers potentially is a prick named chad wolf um because the writer for this year has been that level um (laughs) is let's assume it's him this guy's qualifications are he has a bachelor's degree in history that's it He has no law enforcement experience, he has no military experience, he has no government experience, he's just some Republican chud who uh, thinks he's going to be Emperor Trajan, or something.
1: Yeah, and it's like, I mean, I don't think that, like, you know, I mean, obviously credentialism is bullshit,
0: but... And let's not, you know, underestimate him out of hand, because Heinrich Himmler was a chicken farmer before he ran the SS. Oh, yeah. Um, that, you know, like, efficient sociopaths pop up in the most surprising places. But yeah. this guy, this Chad, doesn't seem to be that kind of prick.
1: Yeah. I mean, Stephen Miller is, but again, he's not in charge of that.
0: It's like, and he's such an unpleasant if little bastard, I was You he'd know, like it just by alienating all his subordinates, anyway.
1: Yeah, it's it's like all of the pieces are there within the Trump administration to make uh, an effective force that can do a fascism, but... (sighs) Trump is not up to the task of putting that together. I'm sorry, he's not. And Pence
0: is even less capable of that. The guy is a follower. He is not a leader. Anyone who thought he was going to play Cheney, that did not happen. At all.
1: Like, he thought... I guess he thought he would be, like, the power behind the throne, and he has, but it's it turns out he's more the Renfield to Trump's Dracula than um, the Cheney to Trump's Bush. Uh,
0: and, you know, Trump like, is a colossal moron with the attention span of a levotomized goldfish, so, you know even if you had the fascism ready in front of him he would not be able to focus on it long enough to push the goddamn button
1: and it's like
0: i am sure that
1: like trump would be like no that's too hard i don't want to do the fascism today um i mean he could be talked into it though Yeah, I mean... That's the the thing.
0: I mean, we don't want to trivialize what's happening at all. Like, this is really fucking dangerous where we are right now. And these bastards could surprise us. I mean, the CIA might decide to join the party or something equally awful could happen next. But, like, as things stand, it doesn't look like Trump has the necessary elite coalition behind him to... Withstand a serious challenge to his power, um, and the people who are trying to execute his day of the jackboot are, you know, having trouble spelling "cat" without somebody spotting the letters for them. So. I mean, you if you're gonna send in the secret police, you don't do shit like say, these cities will be next because then that just tells people in those cities, okay, look out for weird unmarked vans and carry a pocket of fucking... Ta- and carry a bunch of tax in my pocket. Um, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a reason the KGB knocked on the door at two in the morning.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And...
0: Like... Like,
1: yeah. if, so, if- I guess my, I guess our conclusion is that no, this is not a Reichstag fire moment, because their one, ana- historical analogies tend to suck, but also the pieces for it just aren't there. I mean, I'm sorry, but they're just they're just not. Uh, on the- but we are still headed for a civil war, so mm.
0: Although, I'm sorry. I, I would like to add, we could end up with a revolution almost by accident out of all this. Yeah. Like, I definitely well, agree. I like, mean, things it's are like, not going. I'm back subsuming
1: a. Oh, yeah, like I'm subsuming a lot of things under the category of civil war. Like, you know, the the class war proceeds to the um, basically the actual. Yeah. Yeah, The class war proceeds to the military level. Like, that's... You know, people shooting at each other in the streets to... Well, people, you know, dying out there for their ideals. Like, that sort of thing. Um, we're not there yet. But, and, but we're... It, but you can see it from here, is the thing.
0: Yeah, like, it's at this point... It's probably a certainty that Trump will not go quietly, Um, especially because they've escalated to a point that not just Trump, but now like the governing officials around him know there's no going back. Like they've burned a lot of bridges by doing this. So they have to win. They have no other option. So the only real question left at that point is, how much of this thing called the Republican coalition will they be able to cobble together into a power block to really make a stand of it and how much is going to fall away? One thing I would probably watch for is
1: if Biden starts making noises about maybe pardoning Trump or pardoning senior officials within the administration, um, especially if he wins, because I mean, yeah that that made Ford a one term president, but the dude's already gonna be a one term president. Well, yeah, he's gonna and. Cry,
0: okay. <laughs> and I realize that. <laughs> I mean, inevitably he's going to kick the bucket or become a drooling, senile, non functional individual like. He's openly told the donors that whoever his VP is is probably going to be the president.
1: Yeah. And it's like, I could see I could see Biden just going, fuck it, we're just gonna pardon them. Uh, we're not gonna look into this anymore. Um we need to heal the nation. And, and I, I could see that sort of, you know, rot brained. Thing and that that might be the only thing that really averts this course, but we live in the Dumbest timeline, so I'm not sure that that would happen. Well, and I think, or if it did,
0: it would just happen anyway. Well, I think it would. I think the only situation where that where Biden politically could get away with that is if Trump loses and concedes. If Trump wins by fraud, or if he just outright says, fuck it, I think this election's fraudulent because there's too many mail-in ballots, um, and calls on the police to keep him in power, then whoever follows after him, like, if they pardon him, then they're probably going to be thrown out within a week. Tops. Like, after that kind of, you know, after shit like that, it would be untenable. But if Trump... Like, if, like, say, the Biden campaign manages to, like, you know, cut a deal with Trump that basically says, hey, we're going to look the other way while you jump on, like, Trump Force One and fly to Russia and never come back, you know, I could see this ending quietly. But I, I'm i not entirely sure the Biden camp wants to do that, and I don't think mm-hmm. Trump would believe him.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like... And I, like Nixon, was a pretty smart political operator, and he knew that, you know, once once Ford offered his pardon, like, why why bother pushing it? Just just go, like, just forget about it. It's it's over. Be glad you escaped. Any real consequence in
0: a few years will rehabilitate you anyway. <laughs> Just like Bush. But this is yeah. I mean again it doesn't seem likely. And the people around Trump really seem to be like ride or die at this point.
1: Oh yeah. Like this this train
0: has no brakes. Yeah. Like what um, I was offering
1: was a small fig leaf to the people who think that somehow everything will turn out for the best. Yeah, and, um, and it's like I could see a path to that, um, but it's like it's very very narrow and it relies on a lot of assumptions.
0: Yeah, and this will totally and. I think that we are particularly because we're going to see just the economic collapse dramatically increase its impact that there are going to be deteriorating circumstances that it, like make this siege mentality on the right worse. So even yeah. if things do end cleanly, they are not going to go away quietly. Like, oh yeah, like
1: they won't have official sanction anymore at the federal level, but that's less of an impediment than people would hope.
0: Yeah, like, these are people that are in full-on apocalyptic thinking at this point, and not in the way that we're doing over here, of where we're seeing this shit falling apart in real time, and are going, well, that's a thing. Like, they're sitting over there, like, loading up the guns and getting ready to go out in a blaze of glory, or pull off their day of the rope.
1: Anyway, um, we've run really long on this, but this was this was a discussion we kind of needed to have.
0: Because um, yeah, even with all this shit happening, let's remember the fact that they're pull- whipping packed out of nowhere is a sign of desperation. Yes, the cop- definitely. Like the cops are not sufficiently in control of the situation, and Trump is realizing well, maybe not him, but the people around him are realizing the attempt to distract people from COVID by picking a fight with Black Lives Matter wasn't working.
1: Yeah, and it's also creating an unacceptable risk of one or other of the Western uh, the western states
0: forcing the issue. Uh, on top of that, he's done it in a way that directly threatens the elites themselves within the democratic part of the political coalition of like the political class yeah. um yeah like i think they're actually realizing that all that propaganda they've been putting out about trump and not be- being a fascist and not believing it was actually true the whole time yeah like yeah some of them seem to be anyway
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like, not all neoliberals are idiots,
0: but they are our opposition. (laughs) Yeah. But what this all adds up to is there are certain irreconcilable differences that are being set up.
1: Yeah. And we don't know how those will be resolved, but we do know that we're not going to pass quietly into the night.
0: Things are too far gone for that now. And this time it looks like we might actually win something big.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be great.
0: Yeah. Like, we might not get, you know, full social revolution or anything, but, you know, at the very least, a significant component of how this system retains power is in jeopardy of falling apart. (sighs)
1: Anyway, um, that's Chop Shop Economics. Um, Goodbye, everyone.